Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to Cena Sportscast. I'm Sam Daring. He's Christian John. We're excited to have you with us. <clears throat> so, a little bit of the same uh, outline from last week. Some Bucks, some Packers, and into March Madness. This selection Sunday is coming up. It's championship week. Um, so, let's get started. Um, so, ever since Marvin Williams has definitely made an impact uh, ever since joining um, the Bucks. I don't think I think uh, I don't I think many people I don't think many people expected him to make this big of an impact. Yeah, Marvin's definitely been an awesome addition for the Bucks. He has obviously taken all of Ursan Ilyasova's minutes and he's done very well in his time with the Bucks. He's played great defense. He played he was playing one-on-one with guys like Pascal Siakam at the end of games and his defense has been tremendous. It's much better. He moves his feet a lot better than Ersan does. He still needs to get his legs under him in terms of shooting. He's shooting just under 30% from three so far in his time as a buck, but I do believe that will come. They also need to do a better job of getting him the ball when he is open, so... But again, that's just one thing that will come with time working with these guys, actually playing with these guys. We have to give him, he's played, I think, yeah, 11 games so far with Milwaukee. So there will definitely be improvements made. And Williams was just a huge addition at midseason after not making a move at the deadline. Yeah, and I think towards the end of the season, we got just about a month left. Um um, looking ahead, we're playing teams that might even sit guys, their star players, like load management, like we were discussing last week. Last week, um, and I'm assuming um, we hopefully will see more of um, more of Marvin Williams, especially after the tweak knee with Giannis. And I do think this is a calling sign. Um, this should be a sign that the Bucks need to uh, be very cautious with their main guys. Yeah, and we saw that. Already, um, it was Monday with the Nuggets game and Pat Connaughton, Thanasis, Robin Lopez, Wes Matthews, All-Star, and Frank Mason played a ton of minutes, so did DJ Wilson, which was a, a really entertaining game just because they fought really hard, but it's it's really nice to see guys like Dante, Giannis, Bledsoe, and Middleton all get nights off, also Brooke Lopez. It'll definitely help come playoff time, and I think that's something we're going to see a lot more going forward. Yeah, and I guess to go on top of that, the Nuggets are they're the third team. They're, they're in third in the Western Conference, and the fact that the Bucks went without Giannis, Bledsoe, and George Hill, and what did they only lose? What, what is it, 10 or 109-95 to 95 or something like that? I think that's yeah, what the, it was a 15-point game, but it was, it was within, I believe, four in the fourth quarter, which was... To me, that's still impressive, to have your guys off your a stronger bench than last year going up against one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, I, Kyle Korver mm. was tremendous in that game. He really started finding his groove, and I do believe that's a big... That could be a huge help going forward if Corver can be the shooter that we all know him to be that would be scary for other teams if he finds his groove like he had Monday night yeah absolutely <clears throat> so the next topic sliding over is the Packers um, going into 
free agents, and the, specific, the one specific one we'd like to talk about today is Brian Balaga. Um, there have been reports rolling around saying he's projected to uh, make about $12 million a year. Um, my number one priority was Brian Balaga, but with the amount of holes that we have to fill, interior D-line, offensive line now, wide receiver, linebacker, um, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see paying one guy twelve million. Just I don't. I don't think that's worth it. Like yeah, Brian Balaga was arguably um, our third best guy um, on our offense behind Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. <clears throat> but with the like I said before, like with the amount of holes that we have to fill, I just don't see it being worth paying him twelve million. Yeah, that's that's a really big number, definitely, and. It just creates another hole, unfortunately, but at the same time, there's definitely a lot of good options. One that I have really liked the sound of is Jared Valdir said he is hoping <clears throat> to play again this year, and he, he held his own for sure in the Seattle game, and I just like the option of you sign Valdir to a one-year deal, and then you draft the right tackle somewhat early-ish in the draft within the first couple of days. He gets a year to sit behind Valdir, and then in 2021, he becomes the starting right tackle. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the one name that has been flying around, I, I would love, um, but again, we have other important holes to fill. I would argue linebacker is probably one of our most important holes that we need to fill. Um, but the one name that does stand out to me is Jack Conklin. He's only 25 years old, but at the same time, he's going to ask for a contract relatively similar to Brian Balaga. And Jared Valdir, um, coming out of retirement from Den- from the Denver Broncos, um, now saying that he wants to keep playing. And like you said, he's not going to be that much of uh, – you sign him to a one-year deal, he's not going to be that much of a uh, – He's not going to be um, pricey. He'll be a cheap contract, one-year deal. <clears throat> I would even throw out the offer to a league minimum. I don't see why he wouldn't um, take that up. Um, and the one name you and I both wrote on this um, with Cream City Central, he's actually been flying up the boards um, slowly, is Austin Jackson from USC. Um I think he, like you, you and I both agree on, he's arguably one of the most athletic offensive linemen in this draft. Um, and I almost want to say he's a slept-on guy, but he needs a lot of polishing. Um, he's not a day-one starter, but I I wouldn't be opposed to drafting someone like Austin Jackson. Yesterday I had Charlie Hack out of North Carolina, who's just an absolute mass. Yeah, and Jackson's definitely the kind of guy <clears throat> whom I think would be a perfect fit in that mold of signing a one-year bridge guy like Valdir and then bringing in Austin Jackson, who is more of a project. However, the physical tools are obviously there. They're very prominent. You can see that if he's not good, it'll be more of a technique and a coaching thing rather than a, his, he's not physically able to hold up in the league. So. Jackson's definitely an interesting name for something like that. I also like Josh Jones from Houston. I yeah, think I've that's seen another that at thirty. Name and, for right, and I've seen that name at thirty. Um, <clears throat> um, and I honestly, now that we know about Brian Balaga's uh, projected price range, I would not be opposed to drafting someone like Josh Jones very early. Yeah. 
there's there's definitely options there. There'll probably be one or two more surprising guys who get cut, and they'll also definitely be options. So there's definitely a lot of ways we can fill this hole that will now be created with the imminent departure of Brian Bulaga. And the one thing that surprised me is um, not this first half, but the Eagles are um, supposedly putting Jason Peters on the market. Um, and my first instinct was, oh, that's now they're moving on with Andre Dillard. Um, Washington State's, uh, I believe, is his second year. And, um, yeah, he, he's going to be in his second year. One of my – probably my favorite lineman out of that draft class. And now I don't know if this is true or not, <coughs> but – Eagles may or may not be putting him on the market as well. And Andre Dillard is someone I would love to bring Green Bay as well. Uh, so, um, to wrap it up, <clears throat> the one uh, outbreak that's been going around is the coronavirus, and that's affected all sports. Um, one specifically is March Madness. As of today, um, I should start over the CBI tournament has been canceled the ivy league has been canceled the tournament and um yale has been uh, yale has been the winner declared the winner and sent to the tournament and um the big east tournament starts i believe today or tomorrow um and as of today there are reports saying that both men's and women's basketball tournament are going to be held without fans um I guess going off topic from March Madness is there's a game, there's an NBA game tomorrow, I believe. I want to say it's the Nets. Yep, um, Warriors and Nets. Warriors and Nets also being held without fans. So I guess <clears throat> kind of tying an NBA with March Madness, so unless we can do one, you want to do one or the other, how do you think this is going to affect um, gameplay? Because I think basketball is one of the most crucial sports like that. Um, like a big setting. We're a month away from the NBA playoffs, and I do think it's a possibility that they they postpone it. Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, a month's a long time away. A month is a long so. time, and a month it could be completely different for now. But I'm assuming that the NBA is monitoring it. Yeah, um, they've already <clears throat> they've already uh, taken away um, rights to having personnel and media in the locker room. You have to be six to eight feet away from face to face contact, um, but. Yeah, they're already monitoring. I think they're preparing for – they're well-prepared for all this to happen. But back to the idea of having no fans, <clears throat> especially in whether it be the NBA playoffs um, <clears throat> or March Madness, which the first four was – like it was first announced um, a few hours ago that the first four games and all the games in Ohio <clears throat> were to be held without fans. And then they now they announced um, officially about an hour or so if that – Although, if that, um, that there's no fans um, at either of the games. <clears throat> yeah, this is it's definitely going to be weird. My first thought that was, are these games now going to not be televised? Because if fans are not going to be there, if it's only the student athletes or the athletes are the only people um, and crucial staff members... That would have to lead me to believe that there is no way that media members would be allowed in either. So that would be the biggest thing to me. Uh, it's going to be a gigantic hit to the financials of all of these events. Now you don't have 
the merchandise, the food, and now the ticket sales. It's also unfortunate, like, uh, the Warriors GM, Bob Myers, said that he feels bad for the people that work at Oracle, that they will not be able to make their money, they don't get to work anymore. That's definitely tough, that's... It's just a bad situation, and it's going to be very odd. It really has changed our lives very quickly. Yeah, so now they're going out. I'm just looking through some tweets now. Um, the SEC's now monitoring it. The ACC games are going. Proceed as planned. They're aware of the announcement. Um, and then someone else tweeted, the NCAA is now saying it wants to move the Final Four out of the Mercedes of the Benz. Um, <clears throat> and... Yeah, all, all this stuff is just crazy to me. I've never, I don't think we've, at least in our lifetime, I don't think we've experienced anything like this in our in our lifetime in sports. Yeah, the only time was the Orioles <clears throat> game that was without fans, but that was more uh, spectator safety after the riots, and there was no possible health epidemic about it, so... This is uncharted territories for pretty much everybody, and it's going to be something very interesting to look forward to. We had talked about it earlier today that what does this mean for the NFL draft? What does this mean for even the start of training camp? Like you mentioned earlier <clears throat> on this, what does it mean for the pl- NBA playoffs, opening day? There's so many things day, that are going to yeah, be. Even, yep. There's so many things that could be drastically changed by it. Um, I know the Seattle Mariners had talked that they're not going to play any games in Seattle in April. There were seven scheduled home games that they'll now not be playing there. So, Yeah, I, <laughs> it's just all crazy. And I'm a month from now, everything could be different. Um, and I'm really hoping... Um, that things change for the better. Yeah. And hopefully we start actually seeing actual improvements now that everybody's really involved, everybody's so aware of what's going on. And... Taking a stand, yeah. That, like, I guess that's the one good thing, yeah. So, uh, that, that'll end our episode. Um, tune in tomorrow as I cover the Green Bay Packers. And Christian will round up the week talking about the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, recapping spring training. Um, so thank you for joining us. Give us a follow on our Facebook, which is CS Sports Podcast. Our Instagram is CS Sports Feed, and our Twitter is CS Sports Feed 2. Uh, my Twitter is Sam underscore Daring, D E H R I N G 68. And Christian is I Love, I love Brent Suter. Uh, so thank you for joining us, and I'll see you tomorrow. And Christian, we'll see you Friday.